The Sports Career Podcast, episode 211, how to be more accountable with our health. of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. Now, this week's podcast is a bit different. I love to provide you content every week with regards to you learning from an industry expert, particularly in like the sports industry of, you know, if you want to be into marketing, if you want to get involved as an agent, or if you want to get involved in sponsorship. Yes, working in the fitness industry is part of the sports industry, but this episode is all dedicated to how you can be more accountable with your health. I want to dig deep in with regards to how we show up every day, with regards to energy levels, and how it can really affect our work when we have the right nutrition, when we apply the right exercise to our daily routine. So this week's podcast is all about you. It's about your personal development with regards to applying exercise to your daily routine and for that reason it's such a pleasure to have Jeff McMahon. Jeff is a virtual trainer where he works with a variety of clients with regards to their physical and mental health but he also works with top entrepreneurs and these entrepreneurs I'm about to share with you are some of the people I've learned from the last four or five years with regards to my podcast journey such as John Lee Dumas who I've had on my podcast show and uh, also Pat Flynn who I've learned a lot from his material and also Amy Porterfield and Jeff works with these people so they show up every day with energy so they run successful businesses and also serve their audience to the best ability we all have 24 hours in a day and these top entrepreneurs John, Pat and Amy are on top of their game so they have to have the right sort of routine and exercise so they can get that real buzz in the work they do so i really do hope you enjoy this podcast it's such a pleasure to have jeff as a special guest on the show that's when today's episode jeff will share his sports career journey but most importantly teaching how you can be more accountable with your health so you can show up effectively with energy with excitement with enthusiasm with regards to working at home but also with regards to the work you do or will do in the sports industry Jeff, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please can you share to the listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Um, my journey started in pretty much college when I played collegiate soccer for four years. Um, and then after that, got into the health and wellness. I wanted to be a doctor, a surgeon actually, but I'm colorblind. So I found out after two years of pre-med, I couldn't go to med school. So I switched to the um, pharmacy world and then that turned into just me working out for sports and stuff, I really got into the rehab size. My mom had a stroke and lost the use of the left side of her body. So helping her really got me to see the benefit of what I can do with my knowledge. And so that spawned me into personal training, which then got me into more rehab, um, surgical rehabs. And then it also got me into like the forming the body and the whole 
natural world. So biohacking, you know, being as natural as possible, eating as healthy as possible, and finding the mindset. That was the big thing I've been doing the past like five or six years is the whole mindset piece as to why why don't you make health a priority? Why don't you find time in your day? How to hold yourself accountable? A lot of those things to um, really get people like Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield, John Dumas, you know, my whole laundry list of celebrity entrepreneurs, how I keep them in the best shape to dominate their business, you know, keep growing as, and have energy. So people are like, wow, I want to be around that person. They have so much energy. They're so much fun. You know, that kind of stuff is really um, what keeps me going every damn time. So Jeff, I find this really interesting. I've got to decode some of it. But just going back to your mum, my, my father had a stroke five years ago and his side's the right-hand side with his stroke. And um, may I ask what you learned from that experience, not just with regards to your career, but, you know, parents. You know, sometimes uh, I've learned from my experience with my father, it's a, it's a huge adjustment. So may I ask how you adjusted with regards to the stroke your mum had, but also helped her at the same time? Yeah, um, I've always, my mom had medical history ever since I was born. So I always wanted to be able to take care of my mom. Uh, she's an immigrant from Italy. So like Italian family, we're all just very close. And when she had the stroke, um, just seeing someone not be able to use their entire side and be able to eventually walk, uh, was never able to really do much with their arm, but at least could walk with a cane and, um, just see how the body works from literally the ground up what the you know, nerve endings do, what the muscle fibers do, what the brain activates, um, repetitions, you know, all these different um, strategies that they tried. I just absorbed it like a sponge, like, oh, my God, this is great. And so it allows me to not only fix people when they have issues when they're running, training for triathlons or that, but also I work with like ALS patients, multiple sclerosis patients, other people that can't get to a physical therapist, but they can do virtual at home and just seeing their progress of, wow, I can, you know, put on a pair of pants that I wasn't able to do before. Like little things like that when they start crying for those reasons is like worth all the money in the world right there. Absolutely. And I hope my, my dad doesn't mind me embarrassing me a little bit, but even I had to teach him how to put his socks on. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because sometimes this is for students who are listening in who've got like a sports science degree or they want to work in the fitness industry. Everybody looks at helping those elite athletes, those, you know, top in their field. But we forget that there are people who can't even do the simple things. And may I ask how you've learned with the different clients of the fitness industry? What's your, been your biggest takeaways with the clients you work with? Um, as far as entrepreneurs or as far as rehabbing? Oh, good question. Let's start with rehabbing and then maybe entrepreneurs. Um, rehabbing, a lot of it I just I love to give back. So the more like ALS has been a big disease in my um, family. And so working with ALS patients, I donate part of the proceeds back to their charities to help fund to get more research done and that kind of stuff um, is just super beneficial. And for them to just feel normal is the biggest thing that they're hoping for so they don't feel like an invalid that their family has to watch them 24 7 and that kind of stuff just having some independence is more than gold for these kinds of people so rewarding wise on that part is um just seeing the little bit of progress that they can like open their hand or something like that is is huge because that means they can grip something and eat on their own and not have someone feed them um entrepreneur wise the amount of 
it's usually two parts. A, as people gain weight, they lose confidence. As they lose confidence, they don't want to be in the camera anymore. They don't want to be in group photos anymore. They don't want to be on stage. And all that hinders their business growth, their outreach to their communities, their exposure to the world. So their business is limited versus as they get more confidence, they start to feel healthier. They do want to be on stage and photos like those kinds of scenarios really transform how their business can explode and be in front of more people and all that kind of stuff. So if you are looking at yourself and looking at your business and you want it to be seven, eight figures or whatever, you know you have to be out there more. And you just have to ask yourself, are you comfortable doing that or are you wanting to hide behind the camera versus being in front of it? If you want to hide, give me a call. We'll fix you. If you don't want to hide, get your butt out there and get on stage and get in front of as many people as possible. Out of interest, just because I've learned from John Lee Dumas, he inspired me to do this podcast show, Amy Porterfield with the Us Create Courses. We have a mutual connection with um, Chris Ducker. May I ask, with these types of people, have you seen one theme that they needed help the most with? Was it their energy levels or was it how they looked? You mentioned it briefly, but just for people who aspire to be these significant people in, in the entrepreneurial world, with the work you do behind the scenes, what's been that one thing that, has been the changing point when sort of working with you with that adjustment from a fiscal activity perspective? I guess the one thing is as your business grows, it demands more on your body. And so if you don't make your body as healthy as possible, that demand just is going to burn you out and then you're going to be done. So if you want to have a longevity, want to have a real business, not just a hobby, then the biggest thing with all those people was how to have more energy, how to be more confident, which means feeling stronger, feeling good in your clothes, smiling in front of photo shoots, that kind of stuff. And then how to be accountable so you're consistent. Because as soon as you stop working out, all those results go right away again. There is no stopping. So you have to realize this is a long-term game. That's why they stay with me for five, seven, you know, 10 years, whatever, because they want that accountability to keep going and going because without it, just like a business, you stop working on your business, it ain't gonna make you any more money, it ain't gonna grow, it ain't going to expand, it'll just be stagnant or decline. So it's the same with fitness, and so that's where the business side of it, that's why it's so important. Just relating to what you said there, it really relates to today's podcast topic. How important that, including myself here, we need to apply that accountability with regards to our health, with regards to the work we do, but also our day-to-day -day lives at home. Yeah. I mean, accountability is really what I sell with virtual training. I mean, you can get free workouts anywhere. YouTube has them, um, you know, Google search, whatever you want to do. But unless you have someone holding you accountable to get it done, you're never really going to do it. Why? Because either you don't believe that you're going to get the results, so you just don't even start, or you start, realize this is a long-term game, and then either hurt yourself or get bored because our body needs variety, and without it, you don't feel like you're going in a positive direction. That's why schools always change year by year to get more harder and more diverse in knowledge because if you just kept learning the same thing, you would be bored and then stop going to school. So same as with your health, and that's why if you don't have the mental discipline to want to get up and be obsessed with your health to take care of it, Hiring a coach is definitely not a bad thing. And if anything, it's an amazing thing because you build that friendship. You like with my people, I love to joke around and be sarcastic. So that makes them want to show up because it's a fun time while they get results versus being a drill sergeant and like Jillian Michaels and like those people just yell at you. I'm not that person because that doesn't vibe with me to 
push my people beyond limits. Like for me, it's, I want them to show up like, oh, it's Monday. I can't wait to see Jeff. We're going to get an awesome workout, get to hear how his life's going. I can tell him about my stories. Like it's a friendship that I'm almost a best friend. And therefore through that, they're still working out, still sweating and, you know, dropping weight. I mean, Amy lost 75 pounds, Pat gained like 15 pounds and nine inch vertical. Like anything about the goals are we always hit on top of always having fun. Awesome. And just one thing from your learning experience, how has your communication skills developed in working in the work you're doing? I've always been very personable. So chatting with people has been a good thing. But as far as I like to understand where their business is and like how their business is going, because that's their baby. That's their pride and joy of how it is. So they want to talk about it. Uh, I'm not asking like, hey, Pat, give me tips on this or John, give me tips on this. It's not a needing thing. It's more of a, oh, what's your day look like today? Oh, you're slaying with webinar. Well, good luck on that. You know, wish you the best and, and being interactive and then um, just seeing where their life is because the more they're busier, the more they want to work out because they need that energy to stay busy, if that makes sense. So that's why I'm like, stay busy, cross fingers. That way I still have a job at the end of the day. And just one thing I want to clarify because you mentioned it really briefly, I think it's just as important as much we've talked about energy levels, but you said the last five years you've been really tapping into the mindset. How have you seen exercise develop people's mindsets? Yeah, um, mindset is pretty much where most of my focus is going with a lot of people. Um, So many people have emotional eating. So many people have um, lack of desire. They have a negative connotation when they think about exercising. And so understanding what their why is, like the deep down rooted why, asking what their fears are, asking them, um, you know, understanding on a day to day, like, is there relationship issues? Is there this? And coping and understanding those conversations. um, I learned a lot through partially psychology through college with pre-med, but then also um, Tony Robbins, like his programs for weight loss and the mindset behind it because there's a lot of great experts in those programs talk about it and I just get little little bits and little bits and little bits like the boiling pot effect is a great example. So the boiling pot effect is when you gain 20, 30, 40 pounds and you get to the point where like, oh my God, I'm fat. I don't like the way I look in a mirror. I'm going to start doing something different to lose weight. You starve yourself. You lose 10 pounds. You're like, oh, well, I just lost 10 pounds. I'm going to start eating pizza again and cookies and then you gain 20 more pounds. And so that boiling pot effect is the pain point's so high, you diminish it, but then you go right back to your old habits because you haven't changed anything. All you've done is starved yourself and your body doesn't work that way. So explaining those scenarios to people so they understand it, they're like, wow, I've never heard it like that before. That does make sense. Yes, I would love to make a change and do, you know, like a little post-it note on your refrigerator is the best way to lose weight. Why? Because every time you go get food, you're going to see what your goal is or what is motivating you or whatever. And then your brain will be like, no, I don't need this brownie. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to drink some water or have celery or, or some other alternative. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I've just learned a lot of what you've just said. Out of interest, what inspired you then, going back a bit in time, to start your own sort of company on this? Probably because I was working at a corporate gym for six years as a head trainer and being given clients and not me picking my clients, I had some people I really loved and had a lot of people I didn't really like. And so um, realizing that I wanted to go on my own, yes, it's a risk because I have to find my own clients. But at the same time, I get to pick people that I get to hang out with every day. 
and that I, excuse me, absolutely love. Like there isn't one person that stresses me out. There's not one person I work with that I don't want to be working with. And there's not one person that I'm, oh, it's Monday and I'm dreading to see them. I look forward to my days because I get to hear from 15 or 20 different people how how their weekend was, what's going on in their lives, like all that kind of stuff. And so um, going off on my own is risky. It's not easy in the beginning. By all means, it took me four years or so to really start finding all the different marketing taxes. I'm joining Upreneur and I'm joining Fizzle and joining Pat's community and all these things to try and learn how to get people, where to network with. Honestly, word of mouth is super, super important. It'll always be my number one go-to. So like referrals and that kind of stuff. But um, also in the same token, yeah, getting out there on your own is exciting because as my business grows, I know that I did that. You know, I feel accomplishment and like that kind of stuff. Would you mind sharing to listeners what Better Me is all about? So Better Me is what my newest project is, and it's how to help people create the better version of themselves. So it's mindset, accountability, fitness, and um, nutrition. Because without those four things, you're never going to make a change. So it's the mindset shifts that we talk about, like post-it note, finding out what your why is, handling the fear of you know, not really getting the results, therefore you never start, how to overcome that fear. Um, accountability is huge because, like I said, without having super, super strong discipline inside, most 90% of people aren't really going to love going to a gym. But they'll do it if they have someone knowing that they're waiting for them and they don't want to let that person down. It's that sense of um, com- camaraderie or companionship or whatever. Um and then nutrition is super important because you gain or lose weight based on food. So it's more or less you can control that and give a healthy ideas and recipes and tips. Just people aren't educated. We don't. I mean, there's nine thousand marketing ads of take Gatorade, take Splenda, take um, Fat Burner. You know all this stuff. It's just nice to have someone you can trust answer your questions, guide you along that part, and then exercise to you know maintain your heart health, maintain a healthy, strong body. Um, is the smaller part, but also important because of the benefits it does for range of motion and strength and fixing injuries and all that kind of stuff. I find this really interesting and it's super important. Even what you've been talking about, I've been resonating myself in how to up my game from a physical and mental standpoint. One thing I want to mention about, because you mentioned this before our chat, is biohacks. Could you explain what a biohack is? And Yeah, um, biohacking is just a coined term of how to improve your body scientifically. So being pre-med and pre-farm, I love the science side of how your body works. So like sleeping, for instance, you burn the most fat while you sleep and you repair the most while you sleep. So how do you improve that? Well, your body sleeps an hour and a half intervals. So make sure you sleep for either seven and a half or nine hours a night. That'll be the maximum times that you want to be sleeping. But that those are specific. It's not seven and a half eight, eight and a half, nine, that's seven and a half or nine, because that's where you're waking up at the lightest part of your circadian rhythm. Um, waking up and having 16 ounces of water with fresh squeezed lemon in it. It jumpstarts your liver to um, detoxify and flushes out the toxins that you build up while you're sleeping. So that's another great tip to throw out there. Um, other easy ones that you can do would be, um, you know, vitamin um, or zinc and 
vitamin C are super healthy for your immune system. So to boost those, um, especially during the COVID times, is super, super important. Um, so zinc is in pumpkin seeds, animal meats, or supplements. Just make sure if you're taking a supplement, your body gets a little queasy with zinc because it's a strong metal. So you want to just offset that with some food. Um, and, you know, 37% of the time that you're hungry, you're really just thirsty and dehydrated. So even though you're eating a brownie or donut or whatever, your body's just trying to get water out of anything. So the more water you can be hydrated with, the more your body can flush out the bad stuff like fat, poisons, bacteria, viruses, those kind of things to be regular as possible. And then, um, you know, like Dave um, Asprey from Bulletproof, he always talks about MCT oil and how strong it is for your brain to be functioning at a high level in the morning. So you have a clear mind, a non-foggy mind, an alert um, neurotransmitter processes. So MCT oil, he calls it Bulletproof coffee, um, is a great way to start a day. So little tips like that can go a long way as far as how to wake up, what a morning routine should look like, and then, you know, journaling is amazing. People don't journal enough. But when you write something down, you have a 67% higher chance of accomplishing it than if you just, oh, today I'm going to go for a walk. Well, write down that you're going to go for a walk and why you want to. When you write that down, your brain is then saying, okay, when I get this done, I can check it off. So therefore I feel accomplished. Just like in school, you want to do good in school. So the teacher's like, oh, great job. You know, you just got an A plus. Well, you want to do that to yourself, and the more that you do that, the more consistent you are, and therefore get the results that you're looking for. I really do hope the listeners have enjoyed that as much as I have. Thank you so much for sharing that. Out of interest, with regards to somebody taking action, when is the best time for somebody to do their exercise? There's two answers. One, you literally can work out any time, or two, you can work out in the morning to jumpstart and boost your immune or met- metabolic rates. So Personally, I try to get mine in around lunchtime because that's when I am the most consistent because consistency is going to matter more than anything. So whenever you can be consistent with it, get your workout in. If you're going to talk to extreme hardcore people, they're always going to say do it in the morning to jumpstart your day, get your metabolism going, and therefore it's done. So the rest of the day, even if it gets busy, you know you got your workout in. So number one is always going to be consistency. So find out what that is for you. But number two, if you can do it in the morning – that's going to be technically the best time for your body to burn the most fat, to jumpstart metabolism, get the um, muscles firing and all that kind of stuff. Awesome, Jeff. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Out of interest, reflecting from your career now, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey? Seeing people smile and thank me for the progress that they've gotten done. So like um, a lot of people now are doing online dating, but they don't feel secure being on camera and showing them what their body really is and going to meet strangers because they're self-con- self-conscious about it. So like one of my clients took before and after pictures for seven weeks and she's like, oh my God, look at this picture. I'm so excited. I posted on my new web dating app, whatever it is. I'm not going to say, but um, just that smile of thank you so much. I feel so stronger. Like, you know, a lot of women feel, get nervous that they're going to get bulky by working out. So as they get stronger, like, well, I don't want to lift 15 pound weights because I'll gain weight. And in reality, they don't. And just that, again, that mental mindset of just changing that around for them. Um, that's huge. Or like Pat Flynn, who isn't a very tall guy, he's like five foot eight in him. So I don't know what that is in centimeters, but, um, it's probably, I mean, it's 65. So about 130 centimeters, maybe anyway. Um, 
he feels small on stage. So working out, getting him bigger, feeling him full well his clothes, he felt more confidence on stage to be in front of 5,000 people and talk about whatever he's got going on. Like those things when they're like, oh, I can't wait to get my photo shoot and have a real genuine smile. Like that's when you hear how people really feel and knowing that you helped them on that journey is why I keep doing what I'm doing. Out of interest, I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. And uh, what three tips would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in the fitness industry? That want to get into the fitness industry? A, don't do it for money. Do it for smiles. Because the more smiles you are infecting in the world, the money will come after that. It means more people are happy. They want to talk about your brand. They want to talk how much you help them. Find a way to make people smile. Um, second, you have to be crafty with marketing. So like with better me, I teamed up with a marketing company just because Facebook ads and everything else are super, super strict. You can't use the word you, you can't promise a result. You can't ask about weight. You can't do self imaging. Like there's so many things that are going on that you really have to stay on top of. So just be mindful. It's not as easy as what everyone else makes it sound like. And then third is to find a way to be balanced because so many people will get burnt out. They're used to, you know, getting more and more and more clients and then they don't realize they have to take time to grow the business on top of that. So find a schedule that you can be happy. So you're giving your 100% to your people. And at the same time on your downtime, you can give 100% to your business to keep it growing. You can't just go all clients and then have no time to um, grow. You want to, you want to find that happy medium for that part. So um, those would probably be the three tips I would give people, especially right now. Awesome. And just to be clear, those tips can be applicable to any walks in the sports industry, by the way. Out of interest, Jeff, how can people interact with you online? Instagram, bettermev2, which is for version two. So bettermev2 or shoot me an email. I love, love hearing from people. So just jeff at bettermev2.com. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. I told you at the beginning this podcast would have an impact to your personal development with regards to your fitness. I really do hope you found this podcast helpful. For me, the biggest takeaway from Jeff was that confidence. When we do exercise, it improves our confidence. When we don't do exercise, when we have those bad habits, um, like for me sometimes due to stress, I overeat, you know, literally it has that negative effect, you know, with regards to the business or your work. And this podcast for me has put me back on track. And I think that's why I'm so glad I'm sharing this podcast as much as I love doing podcast episodes on career episodes, you know, like looking at how to work in marketing, how to be an agent. These are important. But if we can't show up every day with energy, with enthusiasm, and really with that mindset of getting things done, it all comes down to our physical and mental well-being, particularly this one with the sort of physical standpoint of doing exercise and turning up. And my second golden nugget I enjoyed, and it's so true and it's re-energized me, is that accountability. Really, accountability, and Jeff said, with consistency, are two keys to success in all walks of life, but particularly with regards to our physical and mental well-being. So look, I really do hope you enjoyed this podcast. And with regards to like that career element at the end from Jeff, make people smile in what you do. I think that's such a great career tip in regards to just focusing on creating smiles 
and really the money will come later. So look, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Apply those career tips from Jeff. Be active, be accountable, be consistent with regards to your physical and mental well-being and see the positive results with regards to you as an individual. And now put it into practice and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'll finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Jeff said, at the beginning of your career, don't do it for the money. Do it for the smiles you create. The more smiles you affect in the world, the money will come after. Because you make people happy, they promote it to others, and that is how you will end up earning your worth and value in the world.